What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Brady Farkas show on a Thursday here on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. This is the day that I've been waiting for. This was a tough week, and the universe decided to send me and all of us some good vibes. My football team lost its quarterback, and everybody was laughing at me because Russell Wilson got traded. And two days later, we've got a baseball season. And not only do we have a baseball season, we have a baseball season in full, 162 games, opening day, April 7th, Red Sox-Yankees, WDEV. Wow. Today was a wild ride. Yesterday was a wild ride. And to honor that wild ride, we're going to do something we've never done. 18 months this show is coming up on. We've never once started the show right off the bat with a guest. But it is deadline day. It is deal day. And we go to Buster Olney. Buster usually with us at 545 on Thursdays, but he's with us right off the top here. Buster, I was so dejected yesterday I wanted to cry. Today I was so happy I wanted to cry. We did it. Yeah, and I think, you know, from 30,000 feet, the fact that you're going to have a baseball season, 162 games, we have a labor deal, uh, in theory, <laughs> labor piece for the next five years, um, it's what baseball needed. Uh, now, there's a lot behind the scenes with the, how the vote went down and, you know, the rules that are coming and all kinds of stuff that we can talk about. But I think that the biggest thing is for the next three weeks, it is going to be absolutely nuts when it comes to player transactions because you have almost 300 players available in free agency and trade, and it's going to be like every day we're going to see 10 to 15 players land with teams. I am so pumped for what is coming. It looks like, let's get the logistics. So 6 o'clock tonight, that's when the owners are going to ratify the deal. That's expected to happen. And then business can open right then, can it? Like we could see signings happening at 605 no, uh, the general not quite, but you're 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 close, pretty close. But six thirty, there's going to be a call among general managers. Okay, uh, they'll get some marching orders, and then you know the starting gun will go off, so to speak. Uh, and as I've talked to you about this before, uh, you know all these teams because they haven't been able to do any business, they're like NFL coaches with the first ten plays scripted. And so as baseball gets restarted. Uh, you're going to see general managers having made a plan to call about a shortstop, a relief pitcher, starting pitcher, and then they're going to move on. And, of course, the, the, the first 10 play plans are going to blow up quickly as all these guys sign. As we find out where's Freddie Freeman going to land, you know, where are the, the two elite shortstop, Carlos Correa, Trevor Story, going to go? You know, are the Brewers going to trade Josh Hader? What about all those guys that Oakland and the Oakland Athletics have made available in trade? There is a ton to come here. With as much fun as all of that is going to be, and with as quick as all of it's going to happen, and as as fast and furious as it's going to come, and the fact that we're going to get 162 games that's starting only a week later, there was all this anger over the last couple of weeks. Is anybody going to care once April 7th comes? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think... That, well, I think there will be some fans, and I think you'll see some reduction in, in uh, attendance in April and May in particular, because the bottom line is, with uh, the owners having locked out the players, they haven't had an opportunity to sell tickets the way they usually do, so there are going to be some empty seats. I do think the fact that baseball was actually able, able to get a deal and that uh, there's going to be a full season, uh, you know, by midsummer, it's not going to be something that we're going to be talking about anymore, and all the players will be will be moving on. 
Buster Olney, ESPN MLB Insider, with us here on the Brady Farkas Show. A little earlier than usual, but we do have a baseball deal, and we're talking with him on this Thursday. All right, let me ask some logistical questions about the negotiations before we talk a little bit about the game. A lot of Twitter cynics were under the impression the owners didn't want to play 162 games. The owners wanted the first month of the season gone, and they were going to stall and do everything they could to sabotage us until May 1st. Did you ever buy that, and this was a change of heart, or did they always want the full 162? Well, I did think, and we've talked about this in the past, I did wonder if if the negotiations, if there hadn't been any progress, if you might have seen the owners turn to, you know what, we can't deal with this leadership group on the other side and we're going to blow it all up. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into a bunker and we'll use our pile of cash to, to work against them. But that wasn't the case. And I really hope that all the writers who wrote that come back and acknowledge that they were totally wrong about that. Because yep. it's fairly apparent by the concessions that were made, um, you know, along the way, some of the concessions by the, the owners, that they did want to have a season. Now, I will tell you this. Um, you know, the big issue going into these negotiations was about non-competitive behavior and specifically about tanking. Well, when you look at the details of the deal that came out, there really wasn't anything that addressed tanking. You know, there's a draft lottery, but as you and I know, um, you know, draft lottery for, for the first six picks in the draft. But as you and I know, in baseball, whether you pick second or fifth is not that big of a deal, not nearly as big of a deal as it is in the NFL or the NBA. Um, and so nothing is going to compel a team like the Orioles to spend money or the Pittsburgh Pirates to spend money. Uh, and a lot of agents have been noting that and saying that as we go ahead, uh, as baseball restarts, it'll be the middle class among the players who are going to get absolutely hammered for that reason. So the owners made concessions, but not on that huge issue about addressing tanking. Let's talk about the players. We heard the players were unified. The players were were resolute in what they wanted. And it was very interesting the way that this all came down today. So the, there's 38 essentially bodies on the player's side that need to vote for this. And there's an eight-person executive council. And then there's the 30 teams, you know, the 30 team reps representing their teams. That eight-person executive council of the very high-ranking players, they all voted against this deal today it was the teams that pushed it across and the team reps voting 26 to 4 and that's where we got this 26 to 12 margin very very interesting buster that that the team reps and the teams went against their own elected leadership group it is seen by players that i've spoken with this afternoon uh and by agents as a complete repudiation of the leadership at the at the 24th hour that the feeling among the middle class, among the players, was, what are we doing? We need to go back to work. Uh, you know, uh, it was it was very interesting because, of course, um, you know, among those executive committee members, five of the eight are represented by super agent Scott Boris. And so there's been there, there's been a perception that Scott has had a big hand in this negotiation. But when this uh, deal was thrown open to the uh, all the players in this vote that was handled through player reps, it was a complete wipeout the other way. Uh, and it was seen as essentially a revolt. Um, and i got to tell you, and I've been telling you, you know, this whole offseason, after Max Scherzer, who's the de facto head of the union, was quoted in the L.A. Times in January saying the players have never been more together 
that was never the sense that I had. Mm. That there was a lot of legitimate disagreement. That doesn't really mean they think Mac's a bad guy, um, but there was a lot of legitimate concern among rank-and-file players that this was the right direction. Uh, and so with an opportunity to have a deal in hand, you know, the rank-and-file players saw the details and decided, no, that, you know, whatever we're fighting for at this point is not worth shutting down the sport going forward and losing games, perhaps losing paychecks. Is one player uh, conveyed to one of the union leaders in the last few weeks, we got to stop going for home runs. If we can get a clean single or double, we can get back to work. That's the direction we should go. So tanking didn't really get addressed. The money did seem to go the way the players wanted. The CBT got raised significantly. The minimum wage got raised significantly. Overall, was this a good deal or a better deal than you were expecting the players to get? Well, well it was a better deal than what they had the last time. But I will push back on you a little bit when okay. you say the players were in favor the reason why the middle class wasn't in favor was because it seems like a lot of the rules that have been fostered uh, by the executive committee, by the leadership, benefited the top 2%. Like the best of the young players, you know, the, are, are the guys who are going to benefit from this $45 million or $60 million uh, player pool of extra money for the first and second year players. And the system that you know, allows the, the Garrett Coles of the world to get $40 million a year, that's still in place. But there were no mechanisms to be, that were put in place that would prop up the, you know, the journeyman veteran free agents. Those guys who've lost so much ground financially over the last five years, they, uh, you know, there's nothing to help them. I do think, you know, it's funny because, we, you know, you and I remember the night of the 2016 labor agreement, right away there were per- people predicting this labor war, saying this is a bad deal. Today, I can tell you for sure, there's storm clouds gathering on the horizon. I think you're going to see a have versus have not fight within the union where the middle class players, as they did in this vote today, are going to stand up and say, no, we need to do something to help more players than just the upper echelon among the players. Buster Olney, ESPN MLB Insider, with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEV Radio. As a result of this deal today, there are several um, new things that you as a fan will have to get used to again. One, the DH is now permanently in the National League, so no more pitchers hitting. We've also got the return of uh, regular extra innings. No man on second, none of that craziness. We can play 18-inning marathons if we want to until 2 o'clock in the morning You know, for Red Sox games. We've also got the return of nine-inning doubleheaders. Do you like everything kind of going back to pre-pandemic levels? Yeah, personally, I don't mind it, but I will tell you it would not at all surprise me if in the next few weeks we hear that, you know, the two sides are, are talking privately saying, uh, maybe those seven innings doubleheaders aren't so bad. Yeah. Because <laughs> there are a lot of players and a lot of teams that prefer the seven inning doubleheaders. Um, and because, you know, we had the, the, the lockout uh, and the start of the season is going to be delayed and there are going to have to be some doubleheaders in place, wouldn't surprise me if you see that. And it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, if you see some sort of a mechanism put in place to uh, limit the number of extra innings. I, I don't think there's a lot of people in the game uh, who play the game, who are in front offices or in coaching staffs, who are saying, yeah, let's go back to the, the system where we potentially could have 18-inning games. I, th- I, I, I do wonder, because you know, they've been so caught up um, with more important issues, 
uh, in the CBA and the negotiations. They haven't really gone into the finer details. I do wonder if that's one that's going to be revisited. Buster, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but I've got two things here that I'm worried about out of, out of all of this. One, we're going to get more playoff teams. It looks Was 12 the number we decided on? Yes. Okay. 12 is the number that uh, they have. Uh, you know that was agreed upon. Uh, again, it's it's possible they could revisit that, but my sense is it's going to be locked in at twelve. Okay, so twelve playoff teams. I would have rather stayed at ten, but twelve is better than fourteen. That's just my perspective. Here's what I wonder: Are we going to get any kind of NBA style load management where now guys are playing 125 games just because it's so much easier to make the playoffs? They don't have to push to play 145. Uh, I think we've kind of moved in that direction to some degree anyway um you don't see a lot of players you know playing 155 games or more i would imagine that because they have to squeeze in these extra games into a you know a smaller calendar that you probably will see some guys you know take days off i actually don't think the you know the push from 10 to 12 um is a bad thing i think it's actually good i think it's going to keep it's especially important i think for the small and mid markets you know the cleveland's uh, the Kansas cities that have struggled, you know, in terms of having a, a regular source of hope versus teams like the Red Sox and the Yankees, who every year are in the conversation because they have payrolls three times the size of those other clubs. The thing that really worries me, my biggest concern is injuries. We're going to get this thing going so quickly. Re- guys yep. are going to be reporting tomorrow to spring training. We're going to have games here in a week. I have no idea what guys have been doing behind the scenes. I'm sure they've been trying, but you know what they can do in their basement isn't the same as what they can do under the supervision of major league teams and major league strength and conditioning coaches. So I worry about how many pulled hamstrings are we going to see and how many uh, dead arms and tired shoulders are we going to have here. The good thing is, is that players are in better shape year-round than they've ever been uh, in terms of how they take care of themselves. The, the bad part is, is that you can't regulate competitive juices. <laughs> yeah. So all these guys, you know, have been working out. They're in great shape, but when you get into a major league game and the adrenaline kicks in, there are going to be a lot of players uh, who are not necessarily going to be prepared for that. You know, they're not going to have as, as uh, steady and slow run-up to the start of the regular season as they had in the past. Um, what I remember about 1995, when you had to, after the player strike, a shortened spring training, is that there were a lot of pitcher injuries and a lot of shoulder injuries. That's what I'm going to be watching for. Buster only ESPN MLB insider. Uh, Buster, I will get you out on this. So the transactions can start at like 6.30, 6.45, 7 o'clock tonight in theory, as we talked about. Uh, by the time the dust settles here, are the Red Sox going to make any – huge moves like like jd martinez do, do we think he gets traded like now that i can focus on the roster i don't even know where to look yeah i would say the one my big question going into this period is whether or not the red sox act on a lot of the conversation they had about adding an elite infielder of some kind you know do they move on carlos correa you know do they move on a trevor story uh do they move on a matt chapman go make a move in that way uh, because they certainly have, have poked around, and they've done a lot of preparation. And as you and I have talked about in the past, if you're going to move Xander Bogarts off shortstop, uh, or if you're going to bring in another infielder um, that's going to at some point set off a series of dominoes at other positions, you better bring in a big name. Uh, and I, that to me is my big question, because they have certainly had a lot of conversations about it. Buster Olney, 